the Cambridge Marketing Podcast with Kiran Kapoor. Brought to you by Cambridge Marketing College. See their range of courses and apprenticeships at marketingcollege.com. Hello and welcome. Today we are going to discuss communications in local government. It's a, local government is a sector that doesn't really get the attention it deserves. But local government arguably has much more impact on our, our day-to-day lives. I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Nick Johnson, Mayor of the Cambridgeshire and Peterborough Combined Authority. Um, Mayor Nick, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Um, Could we start by what the Cambridgeshire and Peterborough Combined Authority actually is? Uh, Well, first of all, thank you, Kieran, and thank you for inviting me to to talk about a subject which is very dear to my heart. Um, The Combined Authority of Cambridgeshire and Peterborough is, is sort of one of 10 Metropolitan combined authorities in the uh, in the well, I say in the UK, but in in England, it is part of what you know the the current government, indeed all governments, have tried to do in terms of the evolution. The idea that um, actually, as you sort of referred to, within local politics, possibly some of the decision making about centrally raised funds, if that's devolved to the local area and to the local decision makers, um, you could get better. Better government. Um, it is a, a relatively new concept in the UK. It really kind of started with the mayoral authority of uh, London, which is probably the longest established and most people know about. Indeed, was where the um, most recent uh, prime minister came through, but Mayor uh, Boris Johnson, another Mayor Johnson. So, what does the combined authority look after? Well, they all do different things, but within Cambridgeshire and Peterborough, the one thing that is particularly uh, a focus for the combined authority is it's the statutory manager for transport. It has to have uh, there are expectations that it provides a plan for longer term development and delivery of sustainable transport. Um, it also has roles in expenditure of the adult education budget, and there's an expectation that it will work alongside local business. Um, in the in this country, we'd often talk about. Um, LEPs, uh, Local Economic Partnerships, which in our local area we call the Business Board. And you're sort of working with local business to develop growth, which develops um, and helps, you know, develop the opportunities of employment. And then, of course, in the past, my organisation has also had some responsibility for kind of planning around housing, although that is not something that's um, at the forefront of our organisation at the moment. That said, you look at other combined authorities and in other areas, there's much more cross cover with the police services. And there is an expectation going forward with some trailblazers in the West Midlands, in Greater Manchester, or more devolution, where, as I say, bit by bit, government, national government's responsibilities will be devolved at a local level. What is the mayor's role in the combined authority? Well, it's an elected position, and uh, and to be clear, um, the way it works in Cambridge and Peterborough, there is a board. So the, the, it is actually the board of the combined authority that makes the decision about the funding arrangement, what we prioritise. There's me speaking as a mayor, but then you've got representation from the county council, the district council. That can make for interesting debate because there are <laughs> different political leaders with different different priorities. But the mayor in itself has a overarching role to bring the teams together, the leaders together, and uh, there is potentially within the voting system a power of veto, um, but it's not one I would ever want to use. 
Thank you. Um, I'm going to come back in a minute to how the sort of various elements of local government fit together. But one of the things that has been fascinating me all the way through is what motivates someone to stand as a local politician. So taking your own example, you had, you have and had a very busy, very successful medical career. And then you stepped into local, um, local government and then stepped up to being the mayor. That's that's quite a trajectory. What, what was the motivation? What makes someone want to do that? Well, that's also the beauty of democracy as well. I, I mean, um, so, I mean, you could take a lot, you know, how far do you want to go back? Because inspiration and interest in politics started at a young age. And, you know, and I've often thanked, uh, you know, you go back to me. I, m none of my parents were at all political or how to think of it, but they were interested in, you know, the news. And, and my dad was also somebody who, used to always get a copy of Private Eye, a satirical magazine, which as a 14-year-old, probably I should have been looking at other more interesting things, but I found it fascinating. And I mean, that takes you in the direction I went through university. I was somebody who was, you know, interested in sort of kind of one-issue student politics. And it was the age-old thing. I, I was in college in London, and it was kind of, there's a march in town. I would literally just walk up there and I'd go in a march, you know, sometimes. It was, I felt that was something to be part of. But in truth, the, the real thing that has come about is that as I have got older and matured and, and had my own family, um, my interest in politics just developed further. And uh, although I will always be known as, as Dr. Nick, and I, I see myself as a medic, what I realized that was within my role as a medic, I could do all sorts of very clever diagnostic stuff and I could make prescriptions that would make the patient better. But in truth, the thing that would improve the health of the children and indeed the families and the outcomes it wasn't so much affected by the access to the medicine we were very lucky in the united kingdom that we have the the nhs but the real thing that affected the health was air quality you know a child who had difficult to control asthma i could give the best medicine in the world but if they lived in poor quality housing and lived next to a road where there was air pollution they'd still not get any better and unfortunately the level of inequality that then comes through when you look at your patient basis you know, so you the group of patients that you see you see that poverty and you see that access to opportunities of education indeed employment are, are, will affect their health so what would any good doctor do i would say as a doctor you have to be an advocate so not only to get make sure that the, the right medicines and make the right diagnosis but that you also have a background and you care about social network and fabric around you that's what drove me to get more involved in it. It started at a local level as a district councillor. And then, yes, it was a big step up being a mayor. But I take great pride in the fact that I still remain one morning a week. I still see the patients that I've seen for the last almost 20 odd years as a consultant paediatrician. And I get back to the reality of working in the community and delivering for the community. And I mentioned my famous three C's, the compassion, the cooperation, and delivering for the community. I can understand um, wanting to get involved locally and perhaps feeling that, as, as you said, that there's a there's a wider issue around that maybe motivates you like air pollution or what have you. But there's still quite a step from going, I'm a private individual and with a successful career to I want to stand for um, local government. So that choosing to be elected, I suspect, is quite a barrier for a lot of people. So what, what, how do you get over that sort of, oh, crumbs, I'm going to put myself up for this? Oh, well, there's a million dollar question to do. First of all, you've got to get engagement, people who are interested in politics. 
And then, you know, I, I could, you know, only last night I was speaking with colleagues from my political party, the Labour Party, and we were talking about local elections and trying to get people to stand. And uh, and unfortunately, it's something that people think it's not for me, you know, and, and I can understand that in, a, in, a, in the world that we live in, uh, taking a step, put yourself in a more public forum, although we all seem to live more public lives through our social media feeds anyway. But um, because I think stepping into the political uh, environment and where you're sometimes you can be very passionate and you want it, you know, you, you want to affect change. You want to affect what you think is positive change. But people disagree with you. And I think maybe it's one of those things about within the UK population, we're not always, uh, you know, we're quite humble about it. We don't want to um, feel or um, impress upon other people what we think is the right thing to do. But if if you don't do it and if you feel strongly about something and you don't put yourself forward, it will be done to you. And and unfortunately, in, a, in the world that I've lived in, I've, uh, I've often felt that people who have gone into politics, I'm sure for all the right reasons, but they've come up with different answers to how to deal with a problem. I mentioned previously the, the, the problem of, I don't, I don't, people don't think we address the issues of inequality in society. And, uh, and, and I think politics that I favor and the politics I campaign on are ones which I feel by addressing inequalities in society, it will only get better and, and somebody will do it. I, and I, you know, I, that's, that's what drove me on. Thank you. You mentioned um, the fact that you, you, your political party, and it's the Labour Party. What's the role of political parties locally? Because I think so much of what we see of politics, we see Westminster politics and um, political parties sitting on opposite side of the benches and Prime Minister's questions and what have you. How does it work locally? I think if you were to go, or in fact, I know this, you know, if you go out as I have done, I've campaigned in general election, which is obviously making the choice for your national government, and I've campaigned in local. And it's a it's a very common mantra. You will get at a local level people voting possibly differently to how they will then vote in a general election. That, that's I think that goes without saying. Why do people see the difference? It's maybe because uh, people might focus more on what that person and what they know they have done locally. When you talk about uh, national politics, it seems a long way away in this sort of, we talk about the Westminster bubble. Um, so at a local level, sometimes the political angle is maybe not as important. I think people almost want to identify with local uh, community figures and they are appreciative of what might drive them on an individual basis and will listen to them, but they just feel at a local level, maybe it doesn't make that much difference. Um, I would disagree with that to a point. I think in my own area, I think there's been a sea change in the Cambridge and Peterborough area, and it has moved on. And it's certainly not overnight, and it doesn't happen with one election. But in an area such as ours, Cambridge and Peterborough, which was, if you ask most people in the, the world that's out, that's a traditional conservative area, there has been a sea change. We now have a Labour and Cooperative mayor. We now have at the county council level a, a rainbow alliance of independents, Liberal Democrats and Labour. Um, and of course, more recently, within at a, at a district council level, a change within Huntingdonshire, the, the, the former seat of the Conservative Prime Minister John Major, which is uh, a kind of also, again, uh, a, a wonderful rainbow alliance, which also includes a Green candidate. So things change. And when they change, it be it slowly, different priorities come in. So 
more focus in, I would argue, in terms of the local politics around here, is on addressing inequality and indeed what does the effect of growth have on the environment and, and, and mitigating against potential environmental damage. So yes, it can be local, but it's a, it's one that I am very passionate about and I do think the, the party politics is important at a local level, but I'm not entirely sure that that has been won over in sort of the general thing. And the local political parties, they are—they are also the people, the volunteers that go out and knock on doors and put leaflets through doors and what have you. And that, so that's that's also another element of the political parties. It's not just the knockabout politics. There's also a practical day-to-day communicating with people. You, you, absolutely. I mean, what, which part of doing local politics have I enjoyed the most? Well. I, I, I enjoy the social aspect of being in a room of a, a disparate group of people who've come together and signed up to my local Labour Party and we join on a sort of monthly basis in a constituency Labour Party setting. And you look at that group of people sometimes of all ages from upwards of joining the party at 14 to centurions, you know, and the kind of different backgrounds that they have all of them however have made a choice that they want to be part of a movement uh and so the social aspect of getting together is but actually what i really do uh kind of enjoy is when now that i've got the confidence and over the years it is built by going out there meeting people out and about be it on uh in market squares or knocking on doors and talking to people because I've always said it doesn't matter what the politics are, 99.9% of the population often are just glad to see somebody. When somebody comes to the door, say, oh, it's great to have somebody around. We don't often see that. And that sort of connection with people, those who are making and who want to, you know, when you're campaigning, there's no guarantee you're going to get elected, but who want to affect change. Because people, it helps improve that level of, yeah, politics means something. So one of the other things that always intrigues me as a as a communications person is, I mean, yes, you can go out and you can talk with people, but there's, it's human nature that says that when we are unhappy, we tend to talk about that rather than handing over compliments. Um, so we're more likely to moan, and I I know that you don't don't necessarily deal with this, but we're more likely to moan about a pothole than we are about the fact that um, you know I don't know the the flow of traffic has been improved somewhere. How do you, as a politician, understand when you have an initiative or or the, how people are actually feeling that sort of sentiment analysis? Uh, because you're more likely to hear the the downside, the moans, than you are likely to hear that people are happy. Well, I, I think that's probably true in many angles it's not just in sort of local politics you know what sells newspapers it's the negative you know the good news stories are always put to the end of the news mm-hmm. at 10 in the past mm-hmm. you know that you know pe- people will focus on scurrilous detail and indeed negativity I-, I think it helps by being a if you ask me on a personal level i i'm a positive person and i think in order to kind of deal with the, um, sometimes it's the criticism or indeed the kind of genuine concerns that people put to you on the doorstep or indeed when I was a mayor that they write to me through letters or emails, is it starts with that messaging around, um, in the same way that I would do it as a doctor sitting down with a family who were bringing in a child they were worried about. They, um, you know, you're presenting a problem. Look. As the as the local politician, as the, as the national politician, 
look to start with like you care, like you care about their concern. And then work, that's the first thing, the compassion. And then how do you cooperate with them? And how do you cooperate with others to deliver for the community? So I think when you hear a, 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 you know, this whole thing, so it's, it's about listening and about understanding that if every time you knock on a door in a certain area, the thing that worries them most of all is the fact that there's bottles outside. To affect the change, one person can't do it on their own. You, you want this sort of, what I talk about is solidarity. This is, this is where my labour route lie me, is that you then say, look, let's organise a campaign. Let's get everybody together. You know, that generates a narrative which introduces the, the introduction of speed bumps or speed uh, restriction measures. Or indeed, you know, you get the, um, the prioritisation in the road improvement scheme and the local county council, city council to come along and fill in those holes. But what you have to do is garner that sense of anger and, and frustration and say, turn a negative into a positive. Thank you. Can we also talk about how um, local politics and, and the mayoral authority itself communicates with voters? Because obviously, I mean, we've talked a little bit, we've talked about sort of knocking on doors and speaking um, to people individually, but obviously there are overarching messages that you need to get out to the community. So what sort of levers does the combined authority use? I think probably you're hitting on something that's the biggest challenge for all politicians. And, and, and I think it's an interesting thing because you could go down the line of uh, what's talked about populism. You know, if, if you if you were to think out loud who have been some of the most visible and successful politicians in recent times, not just in the UK, you, you talk about the populist, you talk about the Trump, you talk about the Nigel Farages, you talk about Boris Johnson. And they're the ones how somehow they can, whatever their background, have made a connection with the local population and often talk about you know them on first name term. Now, what is that? Well, that can be leadership of, of sort and kind of what you call kind of charisma, but it can be incredibly damaging. I mean, perhaps unsurprisingly, that's what I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, but so if you're just what I would say, a, a technocrat is the phrase that's often used, somebody who likes the detail but and actually knows what they're talking about and, and knows how to deliver and wants to talk about policy that will be good, what what we feel for good, good for the local community. You have to learn how to connect. Now, how do you do it? Well, often there's a default that if you put something on a Twitter feed or you put it on TikTok or Instagram, if you do it in the right way, at least that's an attempt. But there's something about engagement um, and I think it's about getting the balance where the messaging through traditional media or indeed social media, alongside the actual delivery of policy, that's what makes the difference. I would, would if, you, if you ask me the question, do you think you are a particularly good communicator? Well, I, I would say there's always room for improvement. And, and what you have to avoid is sort of saturate the local market and just put lots of stuff out there and say, this is what I'm doing, what I'm doing. It has to be meaningful the, the there's a there's an old joke in local politics you can particularly around a local election time you'll get whole whole hosts of pictures of worried looking uh councillors pointing at potholes often come up <laughs> and and say you know i'm here i'm looking at this but it's about doing that all year round year in year out and yes it should be about just the individuals but it should also be about the whole whole system and i think there's something there about the hard work that goes on in the background not necessarily 
of the um, the politician. Let's let's put this make this really clear. Good government is also absolutely dependent on the people who work in the background, those civil servants at the national and the local level, who are working away to put the policies as advocated by those um, politicians into action. And I think if I could say one thing, it would be trying to um, get a narrative to recognize the hard work and the kind of expertise that is available um, behind the scenes, behind the politician, the politicians change, you know, the, the uh, it's the, um, it's the civil servants who stay and do the hard work and adapt as, as politicians. Change. I think that's a really good point because we talk about contacting the council or I'm, I get onto the council, but, and actually what you mean is I'm going to talk to some night, so some, um, you know, strong professionals who are going to be able to listen and, and perhaps deal with my problem, but we don't necessarily vocalise it that way. Can I ask you one last question, which is if as a local voter, you sort of want to raise something with local government, be that your local council or be that there with the combined authority, what's the best way to communicate a concern? So how do you raise an issue so that it actually gets noticed? I think the most, or if I was to give a, well, I, I get approached to ask this question on many levels before. I think the rise of the online petition is a good one because I think an online petition, there are some which almost make it quite easy for, to get a large number of people to sign up and to get some awareness about it. But, but I think you have to be careful because all local councils will have within their standing orders, the opportunity for people to go and speak at meetings and to raise concern. But if you go along and not only have you written emails in the past or you've written letters, um, or you, 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 or you might have invited a local representative to a, to a, a kind of parish council meeting or something like that. The thing that really kind of can mobilize and it's time, done time and time again is the idea of petitioning because petitioning comes with it strength of numbers. And I think there are some very effective social media tools that allow that to happen. My only, my only observation and advice to people who are doing that, and oh, I'll start a petition. Then the, the worst thing in the world is to start a petition which doesn't get many signatures. You need <laughs> to kind of because they will get lost. They will get lost in all the other petitions that are doing. But a a, a campaign around a uh, a petition and about a message that hopefully brings people from across the parties to deal to deal with an issue which appeals to young and old you know all sorts of uh, strands of society dr nick johnson mayor of the cambridgeshire and peterborough combined authority thank you so much for taking time out of an incredibly busy schedule um to to speak to us and explain about local democracy and communications thank you very much indeed for your time uh, it's been a pleasure thank you the Cambridge Marketing Podcast from Cambridge Marketing College, training marketing and PR professionals across the globe.